Hey, it's Lynn Louise, your Cosmic Valkyrie. Today I have an amazing guest. It's Sarah K. Ramsey. She's going to share her experiences and how she overcame toxic relationships so that she could be an amazing role model that her daughter wants to emulate and how stepping into her personal power has enabled her to live her higher purpose in helping you overcome your own toxic relationships. You're listening to The Cosmic Valkyrie. I'm your host, Lynn Louise. My dharma is to help you through rapid recovery from past trauma. My rapid recovery method will call your voice back home so you can reconnect with your inner wisdom and trust, moving you from observer to creator and manifesting the life that you've always desired. I combined ancient healing and wisdom with subconscious reprogramming to help you ascend and align with your higher purpose. You will integrate with your cosmic consciousness to create the expansion and success you came to Earth to experience. I'm honored you're here. Before we get started, let me state my standard disclaimer that all the answers on this podcast and in general are for informational and educational purposes only and in no way a substitute for individual medical or mental health advice. Just a quick announcement for everyone. The doors have opened for the eight-week Rapid Recovery Masterclass. If you are ready to deep dive into your healing so that you can manifest the life that you desire and deserve, then this is for you. I've made it super easy to make the decision and the commitment by offering a three-payment plan. One payment every month at a low introductory price. So there's no better time to join than right now. Because after this, the prices will increase. The link is in the show notes, but it's also located on the front page of my website, The Cosmic Valkyrie. Doors close January 1st, so make sure to join today. Okay, today I have a very special guest, an awesome rock star, Sarah K. Ramsey. She is a spitfire. She is one of the most open-hearted, kindest women I have ever ever seen in my life. Her mission on this earth is so powerful. From the moment I saw her, it warmed my heart and we have this amazing connection. I can't wait to interview her today. Sarah Kay, I want you to go ahead and just tell a little bit about you, how you're, you embarked on this amazing mission that you have in life and a little bit of your background. Absolutely. So I certainly never thought when I was a little girl that I was going to be a toxic relationship specialist, right? <laughs> that is not uh, how I envisioned my life going. And I'll tell a little bit of my backstory, but I remember even when I was going into life coaching space and I started like taking inventory of all my friends and these successful, powerful women. And I was like, what's their holdup? And it was toxic relationships, partner, parent, friend, coworker, having their kindness used against them. And I started taking inventory of the men in my life. And <laughs> it was like toxic relationships, right? Having your kindness used against you, having the best pieces of you used against you. And there was this pattern and the pattern wasn't fitting in with codependency. The pattern wasn't fitting in with just a self-esteem issue or a brokenness issue or trauma. It was like, no, their best pieces, my best pieces are being used against me. Their best pieces are being used against them. Their loyalty, their kindness, 
their spirituality, their religion, their whatever it was in their life. And there's that, the kind of the golden rule, like do unto others as you'd have them do unto you or love others as you loved yourself. But really it was love everyone except for yourself. So when you are talking about others, let's talk a little bit about how that was reflective in you. You mentioned you looked at the men in your life. Where I'm sitting, I see this amazing, powerful, grounded woman that has created this powerful and impactful life serving others. And I'm wondering where you started, like, where did you see that representing really strongly in your past? So I've always been really good at advocating for others. What I had to learn was to become a good advocate for myself. And I had to learn it within the context of we need more women leading by example. My kryptonite is self-growth. So anyone who would say, I can help you become a better person. At times in my life, it was become a better Christian. That that would have been the context. And so it was like, oh, Sarah, I know you're okay, but you could really be a good person if if you did what I said. And at that time, they were saying what God said. I know what God has in store for you. And really what they were doing is they saying, I am God. I am God and you should listen to me instead of you. And it was the spiritual abuse is the most cruel form of sucking out your soul because it takes away your sense of identity and comfort and, and who you're supposed to be and who you're supposed to be as you do good in the world. Thank you for saying I appear very grounded and, and, and I probably would have been for other people throughout my entire life. I would not have been for myself throughout my life. I would have been so many relationships where it was just like, oh, who do you think I should be? I was trying to be a good person. I was trying to follow the rules. I was trying to be a good girl. I was trying to be a good Christian. I was trying to be a good whatever. And I have so much grief that it didn't work out for me. I love that because a lot of dogmas do that. They take away your individuality. And when I look at you today, I'm like, oh my God, you're so incredibly individual. You set yourself apart in so many ways just to become this powerful leader. But I have seen even with my own husband had to give up his religion to step into his personal power. From an early age, this is one thing I talk about a lot in my programs, is that our self-trust is taken away from us so early and we start allowing other people to make decisions for us. So at a certain point in our life, we're standing at this pinnacle moment when we realize, how the hell did we get here? And what do I do now? Because you're filled with imposter syndrome, a failure. You're like lost. You feel alone. You feel like everything that you've done to that point is going to fall apart around you, but you can't stay where you're at. You need to change. And I would love to hear like, what was that pinnacle point for you when you realized I can't do this anymore? It's time for me to step into my own power. Like if it was like, what could be your worst case scenario? Everything that could have been my worst case scenario actually happened. And so I think some of the reason you're seeing someone who is strong and powerful and stuff on this end is because I've already lived through my worst nightmare. Every single piece of my life fell apart. The pe- the inner workings of my life were very, very interconnected. Like all the people were connected. It was connected professionally. It was connected through community. It was connected through faith. It was connected through. So it was just like this big ball of like strain that it was impossible to pull one piece off. It all fell apart. Every single bit. I had people in my life who I'd been friends with for years who acted like they didn't know who I was when they would see me in a grocery store. I had people say I was a horrible person for doing anything other than what they thought I should do. And even in my kids' school, people like I, <laughs> I was just ostracized. I wasn't shunned by everyone, but I, I was shunned. Like I know exactly what that feels like. And people who were important to other people in my life, it wasn't shunned by strangers. It was shunned by people connected to my children. And I became very dangerous when I stopped towing the party line. At that moment, when you realize I have to make this change, 
What were the feelings that were occurring inside you? Because that's a really powerful and vulnerable place to be. I, I knew I was going to die. I was actually going to die if I did not make changes. I had been driving with several friends in North Carolina. We were having a girls weekend. It was in the middle of the afternoon. No drinking, no drugs, no prescription drugs. No, I mean, nothing in my system. And shut down while I was driving. Like driving a car, all of a sudden stops driving. My weight was fluctuating. I couldn't hold down my food. Hair was falling out. But there were some people and it was just like, this is what you should do. This is who you should be. This is what God is telling you to do. If you don't do this, you're going to burn in hell. You're going to be a horrible person. You're going to ruin everyone's lives. And that's scary. And we're not talking like two or three people. You know, we're talking about people I had trusted for years who were saying, if you do this, your life will fall apart. And I want to say very strongly to any of you listening, you were wrong about me. And the best decision I ever made was not listening to you. And for the, the people that are struggling with that, to hear that they are strong too, and making that transition, knowing that you're not alone and there are other people in the world that can be, lead you through this. I want to ask you, you reach that point and you're like, oh my God, I could die. But leaving everything behind, when I pull that thread, my life's going to fall apart. So what did you begin? Like, what was your very first step? Like that was the clincher. That was the point in which you really needed to dig in. What was the first thing that you decided to do to take that power back and start moving towards your enlightenment to your ascension into the beautiful, powerful woman that you are today? So one of the things I did was create a Sarah's Sarah. So any quotes that meant something to me, I'm an obsessive researcher, I'm an obsessive learner, you know, anything that I grasp, whether it be conversations with friends or a quote from a book 300 years ago or whatever it is, I created a Sarah's Sarah. And it was like, this is who I am. So I had four points at the beginning, love myself, love my kids. And I, I remember the moment I put myself above my kids and I struggled with it for about 30 minutes. <laughs> it was like, is that the right thing to do? If anybody sees this, are they going to like think I'm a horrible person and I don't care about my kids? You know, and it was, it was learning to lead by example and leading my kids by example, not using my kids as an excuse not to have a life and not to make the decisions I needed to make. Oh my God, that's powerful because so many mothers and women in general were told and were taught to put ourselves behind everything else. But the fact is in order to become a better mother, you have to prioritize yourself. And when I looked at my daughter and I saw how lovely she was and how powerful she was, I had to ask myself, what's her expiration date? Her, her interest, her soul, her energy, all these things are important. At what point does she expire? And there's someone else who takes over and her husband, like his energy is important and hers, is. his hobbies are important and hers aren't or her, you know, her kids, you know, they're important and she's not. I had to look her in the face and say, at what point does she expire? But if I'm teaching her that she expires, that's on me. We're taught that. It's not something we came to this earth with. We're taught yeah. to lose our value. And that was hard. I remember that moment. And I tell that story every time because I can hear like the mothers on the other end going like, why do you put yourself above your kids? And it's like, I remember that struggle. Like I remember how hard it was for me to, to write that in that order. And I remember how important it was. I thought that I should write that. And I said, I want to be someone that my children want to model, not hide behind them. And that translates so greatly to the experience that you're living today. And my kids being proud of me, right? Like, you know, my daughter's like still wanting to dress like me and she's wanted this. And my kids are like, oh, look at my mom. Versus sitting on the sidelines of my own life and asking them to fight battles I wasn't willing to fight. 
Because when we do that to our kids, I have people and they'll be in toxic relationships. And I'll say, well, how's your daughter? Well, she's stronger than I. And I get so mad and I say, I'll try to keep it PG right now. How dare ask your children to fight a battle you are not willing to fight? How dare you ask your children to be strong when you don't model that for them? How dare you put that on a freaking 11-year-old, a freaking 5-year-old, a freaking 15-year-old, a freaking 20-year-old? How dare you say she's stronger than me? How dare you as a parent say that? I was like, that's not going to be me. My kids aren't going to say that, right? I'm not going to be a perfect parent. I'm going to make mistakes. Obviously, we all are. But they won't say that. They won't say my mom didn't tell me how to be strong. My mom didn't tell me how to stand up for myself. My mom didn't tell me how to understand who was safe for me and who wasn't. My mom modeled a doormat. My kids are not going to say that about me. And I love it too that after all this and through your development, you have attracted the person that you were supposed to be with. It's so easy. Yeah. Like me and my husband, it's just this very easy partnership. It's just like that checks and balances of like, sometimes it's my turn. Sometimes it's his turn. And there was something, something silly, like, uh, whether or not we had this outdoor deck and I had this beautiful, I don't know if I can see it. I have this beautiful like woods behind me. And I was like, I love looking at the woods, you know, and he likes having the deck closed off because he put like this nice furniture out there and a TV and he wants the curtains closed. And I was like, you know, you can win this one. I hate to say win, but you know, I think I won last time. It's his turn. And that's right. And it's sometimes it's my turn and sometimes it's her. We just take turns. You know, and I think this is really good for people to hear because in my program, one of the final weeks, we talk about relationships and how we are responsible for creating the relationship that we desire and we attract who we are. It's really important for people to understand. My husband and I have an amazing relationship. We don't fight. There's no reason for arguing when you have a love and respect and love in and of itself is unconditional. So there's no reason to get angry or try to change somebody because you love them for who they are. I yeah. see that in you and your podcast, the way you talk about people. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And, and knowing who is safe for you. Uh, you're fortunate enough to not have chosen someone who has a severe personality disorder or mental illness in a way that makes them unable to love, you know, and that's how you're allowed to have that partnership because he's a safe person for you. And so love can be unconditional because love is safe. And if love isn't safe, it shouldn't be unconditional. It's not nice to feed an addict their addiction. Control, power hungry, manipulative, blaming, like that type of personality, right? That is an unsafe person. It is so easy. And women have to hear that more and more. Women and men, that love is not hard. We are taught that marriage is hard. Yes. What a disservice, right? And that's that's the kind of lies I heard. So I would like listen to that. It's like, okay, what's supposed to be hard? We all say things from our own perspective. What may be difficult for someone may be a nightmare for someone else. And as we, you know, my big thing is becoming toxic person proof. And as we become toxic person proof, these blanket statements, well, we talked about Sarah, Sarah. So here's my other blanket statement. So I said, love myself, love my kids, love my tribe and give the world a different language to navigate abuse. Is in that language, our language is off. So the stories we tell ourselves are off and those strategies we use to heal are off. Exactly, we are taught all this. And from a very early age, women have been taught that we are not valued. Like we have no value unless we are serving others. And that can very easily translate into their marriage. And it's just simply taking turns, right? Like when you're in kindergarten, you're supposed to learn how to take turns. Simple lesson. You know, when someone becomes a prop rather than a person or a servant, 
I was not put on this earth to be someone's slave. Amen. One person's slave. One person's excuse for them not having to do their own responsibility or their own work. And the impact that I have on the world now, because I'm not one person's slave, I'm teaching other women how to be their own superheroes. That's what we want. That's legacy. And when we're that one person's slave, how many of us have ever turned around? That person says, you know what? You've been my emotional punching bag for about 15 years now. I'm really grateful for that. You know, it's your turn now. I've never heard that story. Never one time have I heard that story. Not from a parent, partner, coworker, friend. They like that you will give and they will take. It's so powerful when you heal because I help women release that past, overcome that past trauma, right? So they can step into their higher purpose and live like manifest the shit out of stuff that they deserve and desire. You can't manifest the life you deserve when you do not feel worthy of it. There's no way your subconscious is going to block you at every turn. And when you step into that personal power, you have the ability. And I truly believe that we are all here to help each other grow, heal, and evolve. And when you are able to release all that shit, we were, we came to earth for a reason right now, you and I are here for the purpose of helping women and men or individuals transform their lives and step into their power. And we're, I like to call, you call them a tribe. I call them, I'm creating a cosmic army because When you empower people to this degree, they're able to move forward and do that for others as well. Whether or not they're a chef or a bartender, whatever it is, they can start incorporating those lessons into their own life and help others. Help others from a place of health, not being a healthaholic right? There's some people and you can see that in the healing community. And I know you and I like align on a lot of stuff and you see this in the healing community. Some people, it's just like, they've not done their own inner work and they're like, Oh, maybe if I help other people, it will, it will fill that hole. And it's like, if I go to bed and there are 15 people who said I changed their life that day, that's fun. But if there's nobody that says it, I still go to sleep at night. Yes. You know? And if, as you guys are selecting someone to help you heal or whatever, be conscious of that. I'm not into using other people, even being so helpful that you use other people. That's not nice. That's not okay. It's all about the energetic exchange, reciprocation. Uh Yes, totally. This has been amazing. Now, before we wrap up, is there anything like any nuggets you want to share? Share with us, you know, your podcast, because I know you have a podcast, any freebies, anything you want to wrap up with? Yeah. So my podcast is called Toxic Person Proof. I have a book coming out soon called Toxic Person Proof. If you think about like being bulletproof, like toxic person proof. And my work is focused focused in on that gap, red flag list or codependency in that strength-based healing and your strengths being used against you. And if you lined up a group, if you showed a group of 13-year-old girls red flag list, they would say that's a red flag. But would that same group of girls at 33 do something about it when they saw the red flag? We'll see, <laughs> right? So, so where is that gap? Then I have a, a webinar, I five systematic strategies, and it is a systematic strategy. Please hear me. If you don't have a healing strategy, if you're just like hoping it all gets better, like magical thinking, that's a bad idea. Time does not heal all wounds. It is what you do with that time. Yeah, it, it doesn't works. ever go away on its own. No, no, no. So yeah, finding love and success after a toxic relationship Facebook group or my podcast, Toxic Person Group. That'd be, uh, that'd be a great first start. I'm there. I live there all the time. You'll see me on the daily. <laughs> Excellent. I will definitely put those links in the description. Tidbit, my one little thing yes. is find relationships where both parties play by the same set of rules. If you're in a relationship where it's always their turn, you're in a toxic relationship. Yes. Yes, very much so. 
Awesome. This was amazing. I can't wait to share it with my audience. They're going to adore it. Well, thank you. And you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. If you love helping others, then please share this via social media with your friends and family. If you found value in it, they will too. Also, if you have questions, I'm here for you. You can email questions to thecosmicvalkyrie at gmail.com. I may even use one of your questions for future podcast episodes. Also, if you want valuable content like this, please follow me on Instagram at The Cosmic Valkyrie. And finally, I do have a personal request. I believe that we're all here to help each other heal, grow, and evolve. So if you would please leave a nice review on iTunes, I would be forever grateful and together we could transform more lives. 